0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. In this age of people being fascinated with superheroes, sometimes we jokingly ask one another, what is your superpower? While this is all stemmed in fantasy, did you know that the Bible tells us that the believer does indeed have a superpower? Today, we continue our series titled, Say Yes, with a message titled, Say Yes to Becoming Invincible. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the podcast. Amen. We've been talking about saying yes to God. Last week we talked about saying yes to God's vision. And God's vision for us basically breaks down into three things. You can really quantify what God's vision is for us in three things. And that is number one, God's first element of God's vision for us is that you be redeemed. And God has done everything possible for every human being to be redeemed and that is he has given jesus as a sinless sacrifice for our lives and that we have been transformed saved by the blood of jesus and that blood only requires that we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the lord jesus and we shall be saved saved redeemed means we're trans we're, we're made whole we're complete in christ And so the very first thing that when it comes to what is God's vision for you, God's vision is that you be made whole, that you be made complete, that you receive redemption and salvation through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I am complete in Christ who I have received for my redemption. Amen. To redeem something means that you buy it back in other words god says my family has been separated from me and so i redeem them i buy them back and when i restore them then my next part of my vision for them is that not only do they now have a new relationship with me now i want them to be formed and shaped into the image of christ In other words, Christ is, and according to the book of Romans, he is the second Adam. (laughs) God made Adam the way he wanted him. (laughs) He formed him from the dust of the ground. He shaped him. He blew the breath of life into him and Adam became a living soul in the image and likeness of God. That's what he was made as. And so Jesus came as the second Adam, which means what? I'm sending a... New image of who I am that is redeemed and restored to what I wanted. What was my intent? Adam and Jesus are God's intent. So Jesus comes as the second Adam, full of the intent of God, and is then called the firstborn among the brethren. In other words, he's the one that's born first, and then the brethren come after them. I am Derry Lee the second. Keith Joseph Moten is my brother. He is the one that came after me. But guess what? He got the same stuff I got. <laughs> Amen. We both look like Derry Lee Moten the first. Even though he's the second born. <laughs> Amen. So when you're the first born among the brethren, it means you are the first one that has the, bears the image and those that come after you still bear the same image. Because they're created the same way. Amen? Tell your neighbor, say, you look like Jesus who looks like the Father. Therefore, you look like the Father. (laughs) Amen. Amen. That's my hypothesis. My hypothesis is if then. (laughs) Amen. For those of you who like computer science. (laughs) or Excel spreadsheets, (laughs) amen, you look like the one who's born before you, amen, hallelujah, open your Bibles, if you will, to Matthew 11, Matthew 11, I'm going to start not where I was intending to start, I'm going to start somewhere else. Matthew chapter 11, and I want you to go to verse 10. And in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is being confronted by the disciples of John the Baptist. Jesus hasn't really fully manifested his ministry, somewhat, but not fully. And so the disciples of John the Baptist who were still following John, now are kind of confused as to where to go because John has been imprisoned. And when John is imprisoned, then the disciples of John come at the request of John the Baptist and ask Jesus, are you the coming one or are we looking for somebody else? (laughs) Are you the one or somebody else we should be looking for? Amen? Tell your neighbor, say, I know what I'm looking for. I'm actually going to take you up further. But let's, look, let's just read the whole thing. Let's go to uh, Matthew 11, verse 1. Let's start there. This will help us better. Now, when it came to pass, when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples, that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples, and they said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, and the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Are you the one, are we looking for somebody else? He said, I'm not going to answer your question. Just tell him this. All this stuff is happening around us, and blessed are you if you're not offended because of that. There's sometimes uh, we, we have many churches, and sometimes churches are out doing what they're called to do, and sometimes there's, the, there's an issue of pride in Christianity. And the issue in pride in Christianity starts to get to where churches begin judging one another, and we're judging fruit of each other, and sometimes we're looking for the true church, but the question is, uh, what's the fruit? (laughs) Are people being healed? Are people being saved? Are people delivered? Are people being set free? Are people growing? Are people growing in the things of God? Are people taking on the things of God? Are people moving in the Spirit? Are those things happening? Then blessed are you if you're not offended because of that. Amen? <laughs> See, sometimes what happens in Christianity is we get to this point where we, we, uh, we have absorbed, and we talked about this last week, we've absorbed the culture. And we are no longer separating what is the Word and what is our culture. And sometimes our culture is driving our churches more than the Word of God is. So we want to make sure that we're not driven by the culture, but we're driven by the Word of God because it is the Word that actually makes a difference in the life and the spirit of humanity. My culture hasn't helped me yet. It hasn't saved me yet. (laughs) I was a confused young man growing up trying to find my way in the world. And I heard somebody one night, night I got home from work. It was actually middle of the daytime because I used to work at night. Tell the story just right. Middle of the daytime. I get home, I turn on the TV, and there's this guy preaching. And I said, man, that sounds good. That sounds good. He wasn't talking about God. He was talking about culture. Because I was an atheist still. I said, man, that sounds good. I might can get into that. And it was whack as everything else. Because he, he wasn't a preacher, he was just talking. And his talk sounded good until I put it to the test and I realized this is just some more foolishness. So I had to write that one off. And then I got into different types of things. And I said, oh, okay, oh, yeah, oh, man, yeah. Yeah. Get deep into this and deep into that, all kinds of things I'm getting deep into. And I get, the deeper I get into, the more I'm just sinking. <laughs> Nothing's holding me afloat. Because culture and philosophy don't save you. I found myself, after dabbling and dipping in everything, I found myself one day, I went to my cousin, invited me to this party, and we're at a party, and I'm standing there, and the party was exciting. It was really, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, the party was, I mean, it was really going, and, but I just could not get into it. And I was standing, my cousin said, what's wrong with you? I said, I don't know. And if I had current vernacular, I would say, I ain't feeling this. (laughs) I'm there. I'm I'm just there. Because why? Even though everything is right about parties as parties go, I could not touch it because it wasn't doing anything in me. And I'm still trying to externally solve an internal problem because I didn't understand what we all understand now. And that is Praise and Christ resides on the inside. <laughs> Praise doesn't come from the outside. Praise comes from the inside. And so in an externally focused world, I'm trying to get myself fixed with external things, but they can't work because they can't get inside and change what really needs to be changed. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We met a man yesterday in the Homeless Outreach, and he, in conversation, started quoting the word, started quoting the word, started declaring his faith. He's out there declaring his faith. Guess what? Is his faith not valid because he doesn't have a place to live? (laughs) Perhaps his faith might be stronger than other people's faith. Because he's living by faith day to day. Hallelujah. He said, I was praying and this is it. Man, y'all showed up. Y'all drove right up to me. <laughs> he said, man, it would sure be good to have a new pair of pants. Man, I need to go on an interview, but I need a new pair of pants. And we drove right up to him. <laughs> y'all got any pants? No, we ain't have no pants. <laughs> he's quote, He's still quoting the word, but guess what? We can get some pants. amen and so you know what that brother had pants by the end of the day why because he's out there believing God for a pair of pants (laughs) amen hallelujah come on (laughs) blessed verse 6 blessed is he who is not offended because of me see it's about jesus it's not about everything else it's about jesus and his ability to do things in our lives and the more comfortable we are the harder it is to let jesus be fully what he is in our lives jesus told peter he said it's harder for a rich man (laughs) it's harder for a camel to crawl through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, somebody say I got too much stuff. But it's actually, it's not the stuff. It's the attitude. Sometimes stuff creates an attitude. Sometimes stuff robs us of our sense of dependency on God. Sometimes stuff makes us think we got it in control, but Jesus had to tell one man, he said, listen, <laughs> your barns are full, but your soul ain't sure for tomorrow. <laughs> and when you leave here, who's going to take care of all this stuff? <laughs> Amen. What does it gain, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? but the way you lose your soul is not always the way we think because the enemy deceives us. The way you lose your soul is number one is that you never reclaim it. You never get it redeemed. Amen? Because you're born with a lost soul. You got to get it redeemed in order to lose it. (laughs) Amen? First of all, it was lost when you came here. I came here with lost keys. (laughs) I got here with lost keys so I ain't going to find them here. They was lost when I got here. I can't find keys here. If I left my house without my keys, when I get here, I can't find them. And that's what we're trying to do in the world. We're trying to find the keys in the world. You came here without keys. You ain't finding them in the world. You got to get them where you came from. That means you got to get them from the kingdom. That's what Jesus said. Listen, I'm giving to you the keys of the kingdom because you you can't find keys here. (laughs) Come on, y'all. You can't find keys here. I got to give you the keys to the kingdom. Because the only way you're getting back there is with the keys I'm bringing from heaven. (laughs) Amen. Come on. Verse 7. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A, A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who sit in kings' houses wear those. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is whom it is written Behold, I send before my face my messenger who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But, turn your neighbor and say, But, But. he who is least where of is what? I say to you, among those born of women, there's not risen one greater than John the Baptist. He that's least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. Turn to your neighbor and say, you might, you might be the least, least. but you're greater, but you're greater. Than, the than the greatest prophet that was ever born. And you're not greater because you were born greater. You're you made greater because you were handed keys that came from heaven. Say <laughs> <laughs> La. Your greatness makes you invincible. I'm going to say that one more time. Your greatness makes you invincible. And you really need to process this because I'm going to harp on this for a long time. Your greatness makes you invincible. Invincible means you cannot be stopped. Invincible means you cannot be permanently hindered. Invincible means you cannot be destroyed. (laughs) Your greatness makes you invincible. (laughs) I really thought y'all would be more excited about that reality. (laughs) But I realize you may have to meditate on that reality. But it is a guiding principle of this church. And that is, he that is least in the kingdom is greater. <laughs> Amen. It means that when I look among you, I see nothing but greatness. When I look over you, I don't see your limitations, I see your capacity for greatness, your capacity to do more than you think you can and to do more than you have done before. I see more in you than you might see in yourself. Why? Because I believe this word says, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist who turned Jerusalem upside down with his preaching. Who had people coming from all over the countryside to hear him when there was no radio, there was no internet, and there was no uh, even uh, pigeons to go out and uh, Carrier pigeons, train carrier pigeons to go take the message. <laughs> How did they hear about him? Because his preaching causes people to have a change of heart, a change of mind. And you know what I believe? I believe that you're a call for that. I believe that your greatness is without question, that you've been designed to be invincible person. And I'm going to harp on it until you get it. How do you become invincible? Verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. The same account in the book of Luke, it says that the kingdom is suffering violence and violent men are pressing into it. (laughs) amen Tell your neighbor say get violent violent. come on violence means aggressiveness violence means pursuit of violence means that you go after something amen so it says here basically the kingdom of heaven is suffering violence and violent people have to take it by force if you want the kingdom you got to get the kingdom See, your first step was God saying, I without condition love you. I love you. I give you the kingdom. Now, if you want the kingdom, you're going to have to come after the kingdom and activate the kingdom. Amen. Come on. You're going to have to get in and be diligent to move and to actually activate the kingdom in your life. And when the kingdom is activated, it will make you indestructible. (laughs) Amen. I was 18 years old. I tried out for my college basketball team. I went to get my physical after I had made the team. I went to get my physical. I sat down and the doctor told me, he said, you have a heart condition called Marfan syndrome. It will cause you to drop dead at, at the extreme exertion of your heart. You can die at any moment if you are exerting yourself. So I'm not approving you to play because you will drop dead. I was overwhelmed with fear. And then I joined the Marine Corps. Marine Corps, ain't nothing wrong with you. Come on, man. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Haven't dropped dead yet. Amen? <laughs> Why do I tell you that story? I tell you that story because the world is full of voices to shut you down. The world is full of voices that will try to shut you down, and those voices may or may not be true. I was diagnosed with something that ain't killed me yet. Amen. Forty years later, I, ain't, I haven't stopped me yet. What have you been diagnosed with that may be stopping you, but it don't need to stop you? What if God spoke to your heart about who you are and what you capable of that you have not moved into because you've been told something that is then how holding you into place and you're denying your greatness because of your fear? Amen. Kingdom has to be pressed into. The kingdom has to be pressed into. Amen? Amen. Go to the book of 2 Peter. Let's, let's Let's go all in. Amen? All in. 2 Peter chapter 1. We looked at this a little bit last week. Now let's take it to another level. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 1 says Simon Peter a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ he begins by saying Peter the one who walked with Jesus the one who had the nerve to argue with Jesus The one who, on his boat, told Jesus, Look, I'm not throwing the nets out because I've been fishing all night, but if you say so, I'll do it. Threw his nets over after fishing all night, catching nothing, caught so many fish, his boat was about to sink. He said, My Lord and my God. This is the same Peter who, one night when there's a storm, and him and the disciples are frightened, they look out in the water, see what they think is a ghost, Ask it. Ask the ghost that they see. Lord, is that you? When the apparition speaks back and says, yes, it's me, step out here. (laughs) Step out. Let me tell you something about me. (laughs) If I'm on a boat and something out in the water, I ask it what it is. It says, yeah, that's who I am. You come out here. I ain't going out there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not Hey, are you... Yeah, that's me. No, no. No. I'm not, no, that's not ordinary. I'm not going out there. But Peter stepped out and actually began walking on the water. But then he realized where he was and said, Oh Lord, what am I doing out here? And he began to sink, and Jesus reached out and grabbed him and said, Why did you doubt? The same Peter who went they realize that there are soldiers coming after them, pulls out his sword and said, nobody taking Jesus tonight. <laughs> y'all might've might brought an army out here after Jesus, but he's not going anywhere. I'm taking my sword and I'm making sure. That Peter. That Peter who when he falls is crying and Jesus said, don't worry. He said, well, you're gonna be strengthened and when you get strengthened, you strengthen all your brothers. <laughs> that Peter, who then got his strength back. The Peter who is out fishing after Jesus is dead and they don't know where he's going to be, sees Jesus outside on the shore cooking fish and dives in the water to swim and goes to talk to him. The Peter who had all those experiences with Jesus says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, I'm writing to those who have obtained like precious faith. He said, I got my faith through lots of of trial. I got my faith through mistakes. I got my faith through all kinds of stuff I did, but you got the same kind of faith I got. (laughs) You got the, I'm writing to you because you have like precious faith to mine. You got the same kind of faith I got. (laughs) Praise the Lord. grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. You've been called by glory and virtue. He said his divine powers would what's given us all the same thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got the same. Tell, tell your neighbor, I got the same. Faith is Peter. Faith is Peter. And, is you. and is you. Come on. Come on, you're a person of faith. Come on, you're a person of faith. Come on. Come on, I want you to receive it. You're a person of faith. You got to like precious faith to Peter. Those who have obtained. Verse 1 again to those who have obtained like precious faith with us. Those who've obtained. In other words, you had to get it. God's given you a like precious faith to even the great apostles. And you were already told that if you're least in the kingdom, you're greater than anybody in the old covenant. Amen. Come on. You have what Gideon had. Amen. Come on. Come on. You have what Moses had. Amen. Come on, you had what Jacob had. Come on, come on. You had what Joseph had. You had what Daniel had. You had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, also known as Abednego had. You got all the same things. <laughs> I'm just going to take my time. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Grace, the unmerited favor of God and the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding be multiplied to you. In other words, whatever I got, I want you to have multiples of that. I want you to have multiples of the peace of God, multiples of the grace of God. You know the grace is sufficient for you? That his strength to be made perfect in your weaknesses? Oh, even when I feel weak, then I am strong. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As his divine power has been given to us, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything I need to live, everything I need to be godly, has already been given to me through my knowledge of him who called me by glory and virtue. Verse 4. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Let me break this down a little bit. Partakers is the word koinonoos. koinō That's the Greek word. Where we get the word koinonia, which is where we get the word communion, communication, partnership. Those three words are where that root word koinonia and koinonia originate. It means to become a companion. Or a partner. So to be a partaker means that you become a partner in or a companion of. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Partaker of or a companion of or a partner of. Of what? Of the divine. What does it mean? Divine is anything that originates from God. And what is the nature? Nature is, I have a human nature. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I have a human nature. What does that mean? That means I have a human disposition. That means I have certain things about me that are human. Okay? And if you study animals, you'll see an, an animal, common animals have two names. They have a genus and a species. Right? So you have a genus, which is a category, and the species, which tells you what it is. Amen? Genus is what the nature is. It is the thing that describes who you are, what you are. So a human nature is a nature that describes your humanity. But he said, you've now become a partaker of divine nature. Amen? And in other words, in other words, you're not just human anymore. You have a divine nature about you and you don't get it from anything except it coming from their origin. (laughs) Amen. Amen. A dog cannot become a cat because it's not born a cat. Amen. It's going to be a cat no matter what you do to it. You can put put dog ears on him. You can put him in a dog suit and he's still a cat. (laughs) Amen. You can teach him to bark. He's still a cat. You can you can do whatever you want to the cat. The cat is born a cat. He can't be nothing but a cat. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Why? Because he came from cats. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. See, my last name. We said, "Oh, that's your name. That's who you are." My last name is not who I am, because my last name is not really my last name. Well. <laughs> I was doing my genealogy study. That ain't my last name. Because my father's father's father was not named Moten. <laughs> it's the name we adopted. However, when I met my relatives who have that name, I have their characteristics. Why? Because my name is just my label. My genes tell you who I am. Amen. My nature tells you who I am. Amen. Amen. My label doesn't tell you who I am. My nature tells you who I am. And your nature is the nature of God. When you became a partaker of, the na- of this divine nature, how? You got it by your like precious faith. Your like precious faith made you a partaker of the divine nature of God. What does this mean for you? It means you're invincible. <laughs> Amen. Amen. What can eliminate God from his existence? (laughs) Nothing, right? Where did you come from? (laughs) Then, What can eliminate you from existence? (laughs) And thank you. Somebody said no weapon. Amen. Come on. I'm going to walk you through this because I want you to get this deeply. Let's go to verse 8. Verse 8 says, For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will what? never stumble tell you never say you never have to stumble come on verse 11 for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ when do you enter the everlasting kingdom yeah when you entered <laughs> When you said yes to God, you entered the kingdom. So he's saying here that, that when you get these things are yours, and you say, well, what things? I'm going to tell you the things in a minute. But I want you to get the whole, I want you to get the concept here that there's a kingdom that's awaiting for us to press into. And we're pressing into it some, but I want us to be more violent in our pressing. I want us to be more active in our pressing. I want us to be more aggressive in our pressing in because in our aggressiveness of pressing in, we're going to find out that God will open more to us. Behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom. If I, if I told Edgar, I said, Edgar, man, I love you, man. Look, I'm gonna, this, this is the key to my car and this is the key to my house. My address is, it's yours, right? (laughs) He's out. Now, what if he gets in the car and never gets to the house? What if, he get, what if he got in the car and rode around and said, man, this is cool to be in the car. I like this car. I'm going to ride around. I ride, he rides around in the car. He got the benefit of the car. But there's another key. Yeah. Yeah. And trust me, there's more in the house than there is in the car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. There's more in the house than there is in the car. You got keys to both, but because you use the first key, you think you got it all. Woo, I got a car. Woo, praise the Lord. I'm riding around in the car. Ooh, I, man, I went, man, where'd you go? I went Now I drove to Los Angeles. Then I rode up to water, up the coast. I rode, oh, man, the coast is beautiful, man. I had a great time riding up the coast. Oh, wonderful. Oh, great, great. Did you go in the house? No, I ain't made it there yet. <laughs> Saints, we're doing good. We're doing good. But God's calling us to deeper. God said there's more keys on that ring. I want you to press further in. Yes, you're saved. Yes, you're sanctified. Praise the Lord. You got the Holy Ghost. Oh, you're good. Wonderful. You're you're moving in the things of God. Oh, it's beautiful. You're doing good works. That's great. However, there's more. There's more I want you to access. There's more I want you to have power for. More I want you to never be in position where you feel like you're stumbling. Because if these things that I'm going to tell you are yours and abound, you'll never stumble. What does it mean? If you don't stumble, it means you can't be stopped. It means you're invincible. Amen? Amen. See, I want you to be invincible Christians. <laughs> Amen. Go to verse 8. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren or unfruitful. What does it mean to be barren? Barren means that you're not producing. Unfruitful means you're not multiplying. He said, if these things are yours and these things abound, you will never be barren and you will never be unfruitful. That means you will be productive. Amen. How many of y'all want to be productive? Remember, he said, Matthew, we looked at it. Kingdom of heaven is suffering violence. It's, It's allowing itself to be pressed into. And violent people are pressing in. We're gonna press in, amen? Amen. Listen. Go to verse four. Excuse me, verse five. Verse four told us that we have great, exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption as in the world through lust. Verse five says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. What does it mean to be diligent? Diligence means consistency and speed. If you're diligent about something, it means you're consistent at it and you're doing it rapidly. You're doing it fast. Be diligent. Be diligent to do what? To add to your faith. In other words, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, but you've got to add something to your faith. Amen? Faith is the starting place. Faith is getting the key to the car. Amen? Add to your faith virtue. What does virtue mean? Virtue is what the Raiders ascribe to be. (laughs) It is a commitment to excellence. You got values and aspirational values. You get the values that you really have and the values that you really want. And they want to be committed to excellence. (laughs) Amen. That's what virtue is. The woman with the issue of blood reaches out to Jesus in the crowd and when she touches him with the crowd all around him, he says, somebody touch me because I felt Virtue go out of me. (laughs) Amen. I felt excellence go out of me. Hallelujah. I felt healing, that thing that makes things whole and perfect. I felt it go out of me. Hallelujah. He's the firstborn. Amen. Come on. If you you understand what I'm going to tell you, you'll have virtue coming out of you. Amen. Come on. You're going to have virtue flowing out of you when we get done with this. Amen. Amen. Come on. Add to your faith virtue, which begins with courage. Courage and excellence. Add to your virtue knowledge. It means you need to set your heart and your mind to become knowledgeable and a level of expertise concerning the kingdom of God. That you don't just hear it and say, I wonder what that is. But you say, No, I want to know the kingdom, I want to understand the kingdom. Jesus, reveal to me the kingdom. Show me the kingdom, Lord. Lord, show me the kingdom. And guess what? He'll show it to you. You may, not, uh, you may not like it when you see it, but he'll show it to you. I asked God one time, I said, Lord, just I want you to reveal this to me. Reveal this. I want to do this. I, want, I kept telling God this thing I want to do. And sh- show me, reveal to me how, how the kingdom works. And he showed me what I needed to let go of. He showed me something I had to release. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bishop Garlington has a song that says, "I can see clearly here now on my knees." <laughs> In other words, there's some things you can't see till you're on your knees. <laughs> Amen. There's some things you can't ask. In other words, if you want to be great, there's some things you won't see lifting yourself up. There's some things you can only see when you're on your knees. When you humble yourself. Amen? And humbling yourself becomes a new kingdom understanding. That when we learn how to understand the kingdom, we understand the way to grow in the kingdom is actually not to exalt yourself, but to serve. And when you serve, the kingdom's revealed. Amen? Amen. Tell your neighbors, I'm receiving the kingdom. And I'm pressing into the kingdom because I understand the kingdom. Add to your knowledge self-control. Yes, add to your knowledge self-control. That's the next thing. So in addition to seeking the kingdom and looking for the kingdom, you got to add to it self-control. In other words, we have to learn how to discipline ourselves. Learn how to discipline ourselves. In our discipline, we start to Put ourselves in position. What is happening here? What's happening here is that we're beginning to see that we're structuring something around ourselves that is giving us access to walking in invincibility. Now, I want to push your faith because it's hard to believe that you're invincible. But I've seen it with my own eyes. <laughs> to self control. And perseverance. Perseverance is your ability to be cheerfully in endurance. Cheerfully enduring things. In other words, you go through things not complaining, but you go through things with a cheerfulness understanding why you're going through it. You never go through for your destruction. You always go through for your improvement. You always go through for your development, for your strengthening. When you endure something, it means you don't just survive it, thrive it. Amen? Don't just survive going through. Come through stronger. Come through better. Amen? Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Add to that godliness. What is godliness? Ultimately, godliness is your ability to worship. <laughs> Amen? Godliness, ultimately, which trying, I'm trying to be godly. Guess what? You can know how you best be godly? Worship. When you learn how to worship, you'll be godly all the time. Because you can't be giving God praise and acting a fool at the same time. <laughs> Amen. When you learn how to give God praise in all things, then it stops some character flaws. When you learn how to praise all the time, it keeps you out of situations which will take you down. Amen. When you learn how to praise, your praise will elevate, your worship will elevate you so that you escape the corruption that's in the world. Amen. Add to your godliness brotherly kindness. This is the word phileo, where we get the word Philadelphia from. It is brotherly love. Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love, right? So this says here, have brotherly love. They say, yeah, 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 put your wallet in your sock, right? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. Listen, to have brotherly love for each other, means that we love one another in condition. When we love in condition, it means that we're brothers. We're all joined here. Guess what? Our condition is we're all here together, so we love each other. Our condition is we work in the same place. We love each other. That's the condition. You meet the condition, that's what we have. But then it says beyond that, add to your brotherly kindness, love. Love. In other words, treat people around you good. But then there's some people you're going to have to love out of agape love. Some people you got to love because they can't do anything for you. Some people you have to love because they're doing things to you. Some people you have to love just because they're there. <laughs> Amen. That means you can't be neutral about people. You got to love them or have brotherly kindness to them. One of the two. Amen. I'm either going to love you or have brotherly kindness to you, but preferably I love you. Amen. Yes. Now, why am I telling you these things? I'm telling you these things because verse 8 says, for if these things are yours, and if these things abound in you, you're always going to be fruitful. Hallelujah. This is how you're going to learn how to be a multiplying person. This is how I learned: you're going to get what God has for you when you learn to have these things in your life, when these things become yours and they abound. When these things become yours and abound, you will never be unfruitful. When I get to seasons in my life where I start feeling like I'm not being productive, when I check myself, I realize something's missing. When I start feeling like I'm not prospering or things are not going the way I, uh, I, sh- I believe they should go I check myself against these things and I realize where I'm missing it this becomes the self-correcting portion of your life that starts making you fruitful amen, amen. listen I've been fired from jobs and didn't know where it was the go- next thing was coming from but guess what God showed me come back to these things and you can't be destroyed you may not have a job but I'm going to make you fruitful amen, <laughs> hey, amen. You may not have what you think you need right now, but if you start going back to the foundation, I will make you fruitful. And in my fruitfulness, I always find a way to get to the next level. Amen. Because you know what? When you get into bad seasons, it's the enemy's temptation to get you to shut down. It's the the enemy's attempt always to get you to falter or to start sympathizing with your own troubled situations. But he said, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Let these things abound in you. Let these things abound in you, and you will never be fruitless. Never be fruitless. What's God calling us to? God's calling us to fruitfulness. He who's least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. How are you going to get that fruitfulness out of you? How are you going to, how are you going to begin to multiply? I prayed to asked God for some money one time. I said, Lord, I need some money. I need some money. I'm praying. He said, well, be fruitful. (laughs) Huh? God said, be fruitful. I took a look at my circumstances and I realized I was not being fruitful in an area of life. I said, okay, Lord, I'll be fruitful. I turned up the notch. I turned up and I started becoming fruitful. I started becoming virtuous. I started requiring excellence out of myself and my environment. And I stopped allowing myself to be mediocre in my environment because I was distracted and I was focused on other things and I was being mediocre in my environment. And so when I turned up the virtue on my own self, what began to happen is my gift activated and my gift started making room for me. And then my finances were not a problem because all of a sudden there were new doors open to me. Amen. Come on. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you practicality, how this works, how the kingdom actually works. When we start to recognize these kinds of things, they they are the things that start to multiply us. We look at all the ideas that God has given us, and those things are laid there. They lay dormant, but they're not being activated because we're not being persistent. We're not having perseverance. We know what we need to do, but we're not managing self-control. We're not controlling and disciplining ourselves to do what we need to do. Those things are causing what? Gaps. Guess what? The greatest robbery to creativity on the planet is called the television. (laughs) The greatest robbery of your productivity is your computer. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. The Internet is very powerful, but the Internet is also one of the greatest distractions there are to humanity. Because we get caught in this stuff. You was on your online Bible and then you got a Facebook pop-up. Wow. Somebody tweeted you and you said, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you clicked over to Twitter and the next thing you knew it was an hour and a half later, you're still tweeting. Yeah. Or even worse, you're not tweeting. You're reading other people's tweets. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. At least if you were tweeting, that means you're thinking and you're saying something. But if you're just reading everybody else's tweeting, you're just, you're just observing. Amen. Amen. Come on. If these things are yours. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for a shout today. I'm looking for, I'm looking for penetration. <laughs> I'm looking for this to get inside. Amen. If these things are yours and they abound. If these things abound in you, you'll never be fruitless. You will be productive. You will always be bearing fruit. You will be invincible. You'll be invincible. Hallelujah. I had a physical problem. I found myself in the hospital. I'm laying in the hospital. Oh, Lord says stop being sorry for yourself. And what you need to do immediately, you need to raise up. And I was laying there, and I started writing some things. I started writing some things. And then I, I started writing, I started feeling better, and I stopped writing. Why? I didn't execute my diligence. I got busy, and then I stopped. But what happened? When I finally finished it, the book I pr- published is, is the result of that. What? Because in my time of challenge, I had to say what God said. And I have to document what God says. Write down what God says. Guess what? In your time of challenge, what you got to do, you got to start writing down what God says and start allowing yourself to be productive in that season in that window. Amen? Yes. Amen. What is God trying to do? God is trying to transform the world through his people, but he can't transform his world through his people if his people aren't allowing the divine nature of God to come through them because it's going to take the divine nature of God to transform the world. See, if we want to see the world change, we got to become what God wants us to become in order to change. In other words, we we can't be people who are stopped by things happening to us. In other words, God put something in me, and when it was in me, when my mother died, I never stopped serving in ministry. Why? Because I grieved, but I had to keep going. Why? Because I'm not here to mourn. God's turned my mourning into dancing. So I'm going to mourn. I'm going to cry. It was a sad time. But guess what? When I'm finished crying, I got to, I'm i getting up because why? I'm indestructible. I can't be stopped by grief. I'm not going to let grief stop me from the calling of God on my life. i got to keep moving. Amen? Come on, I'm going to grieve properly. I'm going to deal with my emotions. I'm not going to hold it in, but I'm going to get rid of it. And I'm going to get up and go. Amen. Guess what? I'm sick. Guess what? <laughs> All right, I got things to do. All right, praise the Lord. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Let me get up and get out of here. I got things to do. Amen. I can't, you hurt my feelings. You can't stop me. You can't do nothing to stop me. I will not be stopped because I read this word and it said that if I abound in these things, I cannot fall. I cannot fail. I will not fall. And I'm telling you, you can't either. I'm telling you, you cannot fail. You can't fall off if you would grasp and embrace what God is calling us to do. But guess what? There's some hard things out here. That's why God says, let brotherly love abound among you. Why? Because when your brother and sister are going through things, you need to be there to strengthen them, hold up their arms, lift them up, strengthen them, build them up, and say, guess what? We're going to go on together because we're a body of Christ, not a bunch of individuals. Amen? Come on. I can't, I can't move what God's called me without taking people with me. Amen? That's not how God works. God is not a God, is not a God of superstars. <laughs> God is a God who pulls people together and moves them as one body of Christ. And as we move together, we're strengthened with might in the inner man. And as we're strengthened in might, we strengthen our brothers. When Peter fell when he rose back up. What did he say? He told Jesus, Jesus told him, he said, you're going to fall. Satan desires to sift you like we. You're going to fall, but that's okay. Don't worry, because when you come up, when you're strengthened, you strengthen your brothers. Amen. Amen. I know it's hot in here. I see y'all fanning. I see what's going on. I know it's hot. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's do this. Let's stand on our feet. Some of us facing some challenging seasons. And you're going to have to go into this season being able to confess and say, I am invincible. You're going to have to be able to go and face whatever giant is in your your face. You're going to have to be able to say, I am invincible and I will not be stopped. I will not be stopped. Amen. Amen. My backache ain't going to make me stop. Amen. Come on. It ain't going to make me stop. I ain't talking to y'all. I'm talking to me. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Whatever's wrong with me ain't going to make me stop. Amen. Come on. Nothing, nothing's going to make me stop doing what God called me to do. Amen. Rejection is not going to make me stop. You tell me, no, I'm not going to stop. Come on. Come on. I'm not going to be offended to the level I cannot stop. Amen. 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 Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. (laughs) Say yes to becoming invincible. Come on. It's time to say yes to becoming an invincible person. Amen? Amen. The real me is the spirit of me, and I'm not going to be stopped. Amen? The real me is not the flesh and blood me. The real me is the spirit on the inside of me. Amen? That spirit cannot be stopped. That spirit cannot be withdrawn. That spirit cannot, it cannot be changed. You know what? Because God is the one who's already transformed it and made it something new. I cannot and will not be stopped. Amen? Come on, I need you to say it. I say yes to becoming invincible. Come on, I say yes to becoming invincible. Now say, I am invincible. Come on, come on. Come on, on. you're going to add to your faith, virtue, and excellence. Come on, you're gonna to add to your faith and that virtue and excellence. You're gonna be excellent, whatever you put your hands on. You're gonna say, I'm, if I'm putting my hand on it, it's gonna be excellent. Hallelujah. Virtue's flowing out of me. Virtue's flowing out of me. I'm gonna do it unto uh, the Lord, I'm gonna make it great. Amen. Come on, I'm gonna add knowledge. In other words, once I start doing it with zeal, I'm gonna add knowledge to it so that I become under full of understanding, Lord. What I put my hands on, I'm gonna learn how, I'm gonna learn it. I'm gonna let you show me. Open the eyes of my understanding that they be flooded with light, that I have supernatural knowledge to do whatever I put my hands on with the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm gonna put that in it. And guess what? Then I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna do it with persistence. I'm gonna be persistent. Once I start, I'm not gonna quit. Come on. I'm adding virtue. I'm adding knowledge. I'm adding persistence. Come on. I'm adding godliness. I'm going to worship God in the middle of it. Hallelujah. I'm going to add to it. I'm going to keep adding on to my faith. My faith is here, but guess what? I'm going to keep adding to my faith. I'm going to keep adding to my faith. I'm going to keep adding to my faith, and I'm going to see God do supernatural stuff. I'm going to see God move like he's never moved before. Why? Because I'm going to make myself yielded to him. Hallelujah. Come on. If Gideon could raise up and lead an army, I can raise up and lead some people. Come on, come on. If Moses could be exiled, I can come back to where where I was sent away from and I can lead God's people. Amen. Amen. Come on, come on, come on. If David was born an illegitimate child and cast out from the rest of his family, when the prophet comes to your house and is looking for somebody, you say, I'm the one. I'll be the one. I'll be the one when there's a Goliath standing on the, on the mountainside and everybody else is scared to address him. You can be the one to say, is he, is he standing against God? <laughs> Come on. I don't, you know, I don't have swords and spears, but I got a sling. <laughs> I got some rocks. I can take care of that. Why? Because I'm invincible. <laughs> We have to see the atrocities in our world. We have to see the wrongdoing in the world. We have to see the pain and suffering in our world. And we have to say, you know what? I'm invincible and I can deal with it. We have to be able to say, I'm not afraid of it. Because you know why? Because I know I can be fruitful. I know I can produce. I know I can do something about this. Come on, why? Because I know that's what I'm created to be. Hallelujah. Now we say that we're created to worship And I say that worship is only an expression of who we are. Which means when you use your gifts and talents and abilities, you're worshiping God. When you step out and you do things, the homeless outreach, when people went out there, they were worshiping God when they went out there. When people were packing the food into the bags that went out, they were worshiping God. Whatever we do, is the word or deed, is we doing it unto the Lord? Then what is it doing? We're worshiping you with it. And guess what? We can move in new things if we will dedicate ourselves to becoming invincible people. Amen. Let's lift our hands and let's receive it today. Hallelujah. Father, we receive invincibility in our hearts and minds. We receive from you, hallelujah, what your word says. We're adding to our faith virtue we're adding to our faith knowledge we're adding to our faith perseverance we're adding to our faith godliness we're adding to our faith brotherly love and kindness we thank you we're adding to our faith agape love and i thank you lord that as we receive these things and we make them ours we will never be fruitless we will abound in the things of god Hallelujah. Thank you that an abundant way is being made for us into the eternal kingdom. That everywhere we go, you're establishing the kingdom around us. You're establishing the garden around us. Hallelujah. We thank you Eden is surrounding us because we are making your will the first place in our lives. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God, that there are many adversaries, even in the garden, but we thank you that we take authority over every serpent that tries to speak words that that are going to get us to step away from the things of God. We're going to bind everything, every thought that comes against the knowledge of Christ and we thank you, Lord, that as we are moving in this new way, Lord, we thank you that our oikos, the people around us are being transformed because of the work that you're doing in our lives. We thank you that our children and our children's children and our children's children's children will be blessed hallelujah because of the word of the lord that comes out of us for the spirit of god that moves through us and because of the invincibility of who we are they will witness us and want to be what we are hallelujah we thank you and praise you lord Hallelujah, that our labors are not in vain. Hallelujah, but you are working in us. Hallelujah, everything we do unto you, Lord. We thank you that you are not a man that you should lie, and your word is working in our spirits right now. We give you praise, Lord, and thank you, Lord God. And as we lift our hands up to you, Lord, that you are doing this work and see us yield to your spirit right now, that we receive the understanding and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's message titled, Say Yes, Part 8, Becoming Invincible. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, we want you to feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On the site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. And once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. We invite you to go there and check it out. Also, you can find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net or on Twitter at ALWC North Bay. God bless, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And until then, remember that Jesus came to give you life, and that more abundantly.